Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Hey, everybody. Anybody love the Lord on this amazing Sunday morning? Come on. How about that worship? Wow. That was beautiful. Wow, wow, wow. Y'all look good. Are you happy to be here? Do you like who you're sitting next to? Did they sing good? I want to tell you I'm so blessed to be here. My name is Jabin. I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, three and a half years ago, we planted City Light Church. And uh, so if you're ever in Vegas, and I know this is the 10 a.m. first service, so y'all are sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't go to Vegas, I know that. But if you ever do, come say hello. And here's our commitment to you. If, you. if you had a really bad weekend, made some mistakes, lost some money, we will pray for you. Lay hands on you, cast all of those demons right out of you, and we'll send you home restored. Amen. But if you had a good weekend, you bring an offering to the house of the Lord, okay? Praise. That's our commitment, okay? That's our commitment. Three and a half years ago, we planted City Light Church, and God has been so good. We are just celebrating now over uh, 4,500 salvations. And um, today, right now, back at home, we're baptizing 75 people in water today. And uh, so God is so good. You're a part of it. You've sown into our ministry and helped us, uh, helping us reach the most unchurched city now in America. And so thank you for, uh, for being a part of it. I love your pastors, Pastor Joel, Pastor Pepe, uh, with all of my heart. They're dear friends of ours. Um, I... I so respect Pastor Joel. We were talking about it in the car on the way over here. Um, when you talk to him, it's so humbling as a preacher because you talk to him and he goes, yeah, you know, I was actually praying and the Lord spoke to me. Yeah, you know, one time I was praying and the Lord spoke to me. You know, one time I was out on my back porch praying in the spirit and the Lord spoke. And I'm like, I'm just trying to read my Bible. And this man is in like a face-to-face walk with Jesus. And it's not like kooky, like the Lord speaks to this man of God. He makes me love Jesus more. Uh, He makes me more generous. And I love your pastor with all my heart. Can we, uh, I know he's in Columbia, but Pastor Pepe's here. Can we put our hands together? Can we honor our pastor today? Come on. Now, as you may know, if you've been with us, we're in this big give season and we're giving today towards this new campus. How amazing on this new campus that we're about to start. This is incredible. Um, I want to remind you, you may be sitting here going, well, why do we need more campuses? And and does, you know, does the Jackson area need more churches? Absolutely. America needs more churches. I said America needs more churches and we need to reach more people with the gospel. Uh, number one, but number two, maybe you're new or you brought a friend, you're going, oh man, they're talking about money. Is this weird? It's not weird. And let me tell you why it's not weird. Cause someone had to give so that we could be here today. Amen. 
And so here, here's, here's what I want to tell you. I'm not uncomfortable. You don't need to be uncomfortable. And, uh, and I, I feel like I have a word in my heart for you today, a miracle word for you today. And, um, and I believe God has something amazing for us. So, so 1 Kings chapter 17, we're going to go there together. And uh, we're going to read uh, quite a bit of scripture, but it's all going to be important to our assignment today. 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 7, sometime later the brook dried up because there had, no been, there had uh, been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So Elijah went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home to make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it. And die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid, go home, do as you've said, but first. Everyone say, But first. But first, make me a small loaf of bread for me and what you have, and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Now, notice every act of obedience in Scripture is always connected to a promise and a blessing. Never forget it. It's just how God is because he's so good. So he, never, he doesn't just ask for something. He is connecting our faith to blessing, and it's always how it works. So look what he says. The jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the Lord uh, sends rain on the land. So she went away, did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Verse 13, Elijah says, but first. And I want to preach from that idea today, but first. Father, I thank you for the invitation of heaven for all of us, that we get to be a part of what you're doing in the earth. I thank you that your commands are not burdensome. I thank you that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. And I thank you that every time you ask us to do anything, there is always a harvest and a blessing and a miracle that you have in mind. I thank you for what you're going to speak to us now. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. And amen and amen. So Elijah is in a drought. Zarephath is in a drought. Sidon is in a drought. And this woman is in a drought. Droughts in the Bible always represent a a picture of, of the blessing of God not in motion. See, rain in the Bible is always a sign of blessing. It's a sign of provision. It's a sign of God moving in the earth. And so when there is no rain, when the heavens are shut... There is a need for God's intervention. And I just want to remind you today that we do serve a miracle-working God. Catherine Kuhlman said, I believe in miracles because I believe in God. I cannot separate God from the miraculous and neither 
can you? God is a God of miracles. He is a mountain mover. He is a way maker. He has a way of raising up valleys and making crooked paths straight. God is the God who speaks. He is the God who moves. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if, if you need a miracle, you're in the right place. Because we serve the God of miracles. Elijah needed a miracle. This woman needed a miracle. And I believe every person in this room in some area of their life needs a miracle. What is a miracle? It is the divine sudden intervention of God. It's when God does what only God can do. It's open doors. It's physical healing. It's divine direction and protection. It's freedom from addiction. It's unexplainable favor. It's when God opens a door that no man can shut. It's when God breaks the glass ceiling above you. It's when God does God stuff. And when God gets the glory, we serve a miracle working God. And I believe if you need a miracle today, God can do that in your life. Can you say amen to this preacher? And so, so I want to show you this miracle because this was an absolute miracle. And what God did here, I believe he is promising to his people right now in 2021, going into 22. And I believe God has a plan for your life, a plan for your finances, a plan for your provision, even going into the next year. And I believe we can learn something from the text. Here's the first thing I want to remind you of. We are a part of the story of God. I don't know if you've ever heard that. I don't know if you've ever thought that way. I don't know if you've ever brought language around it. But, but we are a part. Not the preacher, we. Not just Pastor Joel, we. Not just, not just the ministers on stage. But we are a part of the story of God. Churches reach cities when the pastor and the people take their call seriously. See, Elijah needed her and she needed him. She needed a prophet and so do you, but he needed partnership and so do we. And when the prophet and the people, when the pastor and the pew, when there is a connect, this is what Paul said. He said in in the book of Philippians, only you, only you agreed with me in giving and receiving. No one else gave. No one. Think about the churches in the first century that did not give to the apostle Paul. I promise you, they're still a little embarrassed in heaven. Amen. I mean, there's no shame in heaven, condemnation in heaven. They're probably kicking themselves like, I could have been a part of the Apostle Paul's ministry and we didn't give. Listen, but when we come together, we can do great things for the kingdom of God. And God said, God said, Elijah, I've got a woman there for you. Now, I want you to notice this. She didn't know she was that woman. And a lot of you didn't know that God was going to pull on you and tap on your shoulder and call you to give. You're like, I just came to church because it was sunny outside and I thought it's probably the right thing to do and it's a big church. I thought I could kind of hide and now you're talking about my money and yeah, I am. (laughs) Welcome. So glad you're here. I'll be gone next week. Don't worry. (laughs) She didn't know on that morning that God was going to use her. She didn't know the miracle that was about to be set in motion. She didn't know how she was about to be used for kingdom purpose. And maybe you didn't either. But what God is going to do, he's going to do with us and through us, not just for us. Romans chapter 10 verse 15 says, how can they preach unless they're sent? Let me tell you why Pastor Joel's in Columbia right now. Because we've sent him. Let me tell you why I'm in Mississippi right now. Because my church has sent me. 
Let me tell you how we're going to go start that new campus because we're going to send the resource. We're going to send the people. We're going to, we're going to be a part of this. It isn't just going to happen. It's not just going to fall out of the air, but together we're all going to do our part. I cannot do what I'm called to do without you. This church cannot do all that it's called to do without you being a part of it. We reach Jackson together. We reach this region together. We reach Mississippi together. We reach the world together. Now, I want you to see this in Exodus 35. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. Moses is receiving the offering for the building of the first tabernacle. Now, here's what's interesting. Just a little bit of Bible context. Chapter 33, Moses says, I won't go anywhere that you don't go. God, if you don't go, I don't go. If you don't go with us, I don't go. I will not go to the promised land without you. Let me tell you God's response. God's response was not, Moses, I'm omnipresent. I go everywhere. God doesn't need a theology lesson. Amen. Let me tell you God's response. Build me a tabernacle. Moses, you want me to go with you? Build me a house. You want my presence on your life? Build me a place. You, you want me to meet with you? You want me to talk with you? You want me to lead you? You want me to guide you? Build me a house. And I'm telling you, you want God to bless your home? You want God to move in your life? You want God to speak? Build him a house. Build a place for him to meet with his people. And you watch what God will do in your life. So now here's the instructions. Exodus chapter 35. Moses said to the whole community of Israel, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take a safe, sacred offering for the Lord. Now watch this. It's for the Lord Here's what I want you to catch. Yes, it was going to be for the building of the temple or of the, of, the, of the tabernacle, but it was for the Lord. See, when you give to word of life, you give through word of life, but you give to God. Give me an amen right there. Hebrews chapter 7 says it like this. Here, mortal men receive the tithe, but there in heaven, he receives it. So this is not just us helping a nonprofit. This is not just us getting a tax break. This is not just us helping out Joel. This is a sacred offering to the Lord. And yes, I found a house that I believe in. I found a house that I trust. And, and we should trust this house because it's a house of integrity. Yes, I found a house where, where our vision aligns. But, it, but I'm giving to God because only God has the power to bless me. Only God has the power to prosper me. And so, yes, I give through my church, but I give to the Lord. Let those with generous hearts pre present the following gifts to the Lord. Gold, silver, bronze. And some of you are like, I don't have any gold. I'm out. I don't have any silver. I don't have any bronze. I guess this isn't for me. How about verse six? How about verse six? Anybody got some blue? Anybody got purple? Anybody got scarlet? Here's what God's saying. No matter your financial level, give something. I heard Pastor Joel last week say, I want everyone to do something. Maybe you can give $150,000. Maybe you can give $1.50. Do something. Maybe you can give gold. Maybe you can give purple. Maybe you can give silver. Maybe you can give scarlet. It doesn't matter. Let's all do something. God's saying anything you can do and will do with a willing heart, God says, I will use it for the building of my house. Verse 7, how about tanned ram skins and fine goat skin leather? Now, don't bring your lazy boy to church next week, okay? 
How about some wood? How about some acacia wood? How about some olive oil? How about some Crisco? Do you have anything in your house? (laughs) Avocado oil, what do you got? Here's what he's saying. No matter what you have, you have something and God can do anything with something. God can do something amazing with something. How How about spices? Do you have salt and pepper? Do you have chicken bouillon? Come on, somebody. Here's the point. God's just saying, bring something to the temple. Onyx stones and other gemstones be set on the ephod and the priest's chest. Here's the point. God's saying, no matter your financial level, we can all help build God's house. So verse 20 says this, the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents. Here's the idea. They all went home and they thought about it and they prayed about it. And they talked to their spouse about it. And they looked at their budget. And they looked at their bank account. And they, and they decided on what level can I give. And that's what we've done. Some of you have thought, well, why over the last, you know, three, four weeks have you talked about our giving? Why, 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 do, you, why do you prepare us? Because we don't want to do anything out of compulsion or pressure. We want you to go back to your tent. Amen. Your house. And we want you to think about it and pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do, what do you have for me? And and notice what happens. They go back, verse 21, all whose hearts were stirred. That means not everyone. Not everyone will give today because we can't make you. Like, do I have to give? You don't have to do anything. Cool? Okay. And whose spirits were moved. So it was for those who felt the leading of the Spirit of God. Came and brought sacred offerings, notice again, to the Lord. They brought all the materials, now notice this, needed for the tabernacle. Here's what I want you to notice. The tabernacle had a need, not God. Give me an amen, everybody. God don't have any needs. He's not like, I need an offering. I got to redo the streets of gold. I need some new pearl. I need some, no, I need some, no. God has no need. But the tabernacle has needs. And that's okay. It's okay for us to stand before you as a church and go, hey, we need to build this new campus. It needs air conditioning. Have you been in Mississippi in the summer? Come on, somebody. Or in December. <laughs> it's hot right now. Walked outside my hotel room. I said, when, what is this date right now? What is this? It needs air conditioning. It needs heat. It, it, it's going to need a new sound system. It, the tabernacle has needs. God doesn't have the need, but the tabernacle does. Why? For the performance of its rituals and its sacred garments. In other words, for the needs of the ministry. Both men and women came, all whose hearts were willing. Wow. Can I, can I remind you real quick? Where was, that, where was that provision at? It was in their tents. Moses didn't go back to Pharaoh for this. Well, man, if we could just get like Bill Gates or something to come to our church or Elon Musk. Maybe we get a pro ball player in here. Maybe we could. Word of life will not be built on one millionaire or billionaire. It will be built on men and women of God who go back to their house, hear from heaven, and if we'll all do our part, we will have all we need for the building of the temple. Can I get an amen, everybody? Whether you're making 25000 a year or $25 million a year, if we will all obey God, everything we need 
will be taken care of. Number two, put God first. Put God first. Here's what the woman said. Elijah, I'm going to eat this bread and I'm going to die. She believed the worst about her life. She was hopeless. Here's how I define hopelessness. Yesterday was better and tomorrow will be worse. And a lot of you are there right now. I believe a lot of people in this room, you just have fatigue just from everything that's gone on. You just have COVID fatigue. Just like, when is this ever going to end? I thought it would be different by now. I thought we would be past this. I thought we would have more, I thought we'd have more stability by now. I thought, and there are a lot of people that end up living in yesterday was, man, I just remember before COVID, or I just remember before all this happened, or I, and, and you're living in yesterday was better. And then you believe the lie that, and tomorrow will be worse. And what hopelessness does is it gets you stuck in a moment that says, I guess I'm just going to eat this and die. I guess this is all I'll ever have. I guess I shouldn't believe God for more. I guess I shouldn't trust God. I guess I shouldn't stretch. I guess I shouldn't act out in faith because I guess this is my lot in life. Listen, she came into agreement with a spirit of death and a spirit of hopelessness that was about to rob her of her future and rob her son of her future. And if you're there today, I want to break that off of you in the name of Jesus And I want to tell you, get your hopes up again. God has a plan for your life. This is not the end. And what hopelessness does, it actually will make us selfish. Because instead of sowing, we eat our seed. Because if she would have ate that piece of bread, it's over. And there is no miracle. And that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants us focused in on ourselves. Never believing God for what he has for us. I want to remind you that every negative emotion that you have about your future is not from God. I don't even need the mic. Every negative emotion. Let me tell you what the devil does. He does not know your future. So he sows seed and he hopes you believe. Tomorrow will be worse. 22 is going to be terrible. It's only, your kid is never going to get saved. Your marriage is never going to get better. Your finances are never going to turn around. Inflation is just going to keep going higher. You might as, don't, don't you dare start that business. And what he's trying to, he's trying to hook you with something so that you quit on what God has for you. He has no idea if it's true. And listen to me, she didn't either. When she said, I'm going to eat this and die, she didn't know that. She didn't know she was going to die. She had believed the worst. And she was willing to live with it. And that's what the enemy will try to do. Remember, only God knows the beginning from the end. Only he knows. Only he is the Alpha and the Omega. So the enemy has no right to speak into your future. And if you're worried about your future, if you're staying up late at night about your future, if you're waking up in the middle of the night with cold sweats about your future, you can rejoice in this. It's not God. That is the devil trying to stop you from, I need somebody to shout with me right now. I feel something happening right now. God has good plans for you, good days for you, good promises for you. And we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I don't care what's going on around me. I know what God's going to do for me because I'm a child of God. Woo. 
Jeremiah 29, 11. We all know it, right? We've all heard it. But you know there's 10 verses before 11? And let me just say this. And they're all fire. They're amazing. Because let me tell you what God does for 10 verses. He goes, I know you're in Babylon. Have babies. I know you're in bondage to Babylon. Build houses. I know, I know you're not in Israel. Go ahead and dig gardens. I know you're not where you want to be. Dig wells. I know you're not where you thought you would be. Get your kids married and let them have some babies too. Oh, and by the way, don't listen to the false prophets of doom and gloom that are saying it's over for us and it's over for my people. This is all, this is all in the first 10 verses. Verse 11 is only amazing because of the first 10 verses. So God says all of this and he goes, I know you're not in the most ideal situation, but I can bless you in the middle of it. I know COVID is happening and now there's Omicron and next will be Megatron and I don't know what else is coming, but here's what I know. I know God has plans for me, declares the Lord plans to prosper me, not to harm me, plans to give me a hope and a future. I'm not in denial about what's going on in my world. I'm not in denial about what's happening but I refuse to be bound by Babylon. I'm gonna build houses. I'm gonna have children. I'm gonna get my children married. I'm gonna dig wells. I'm gonna dig gardens. I'm gonna, and I'm not gonna believe the negative report that I am limited by what is going on in my nation. I'm not in denial, by the way, about COVID. I'm not saying that. Jesus did not say, deny the mountain. (laughs) He said, speak to it. Come on, somebody. And in the name of Jesus, God's got good days for us. God's got a good plan for us. God's God's got a plan for 2022. And he is not asking for the world's economy or world government's permission to bless his church. So I feel a little spirit of Joel Sims on me right now. If it's not good now, God's not done. God's got better days for his people. But, but I want you to notice what Elijah does. He's got, he's got that Old Testament prophet swag. He, he goes, you're going to die, huh? You're going to go die? Cool. Go do that. Uh, but first, I love this. Cool, you want to go, you're going to go, you're going to eat and die? Cool. Just, well, before you do that, but first, give God an opportunity. Give God something to work with. Let, let God be a part of, of, of your future. And I want you to notice this. God did not ask for all of it, but he did ask for the first part of it. And just a little principle about tithing. God doesn't want it all. He just wants the first. So what that means for me is I don't go buy shoes and get cable and pay for this and pay for that. And then if I have it, I tithe. No, I give God the first 10. Because only the first is the tithe and only the first is the best. And then I trust God and I dare God to do more with 90 than I could ever do with 100. God said, test me. Watch me work. Watch what I will do if you'll give me 10%. Watch how I'll open the floodgates of heaven, the windows of heaven over your life and do a work where you can't even contain it. Elijah says, just 
give me first. Now, I want you to notice this. He does not say, hey, uh, go ahead and make the bread and cut it in three. I know you were going to cut it in half, cut it in thirds. And let me have a piece. That's not what Elijah does because that doesn't take faith. Because you know God wants faith from us. It's the only thing that pleases him. So he says, but first make me a cake. So I want you to go to your kitchen and I want you to take the oil and I want you to take the water and I want you to take the flour and I want you to knead it and I want you to bake it and I want you to bring it to me. And by the time you get back to the kitchen, the flour will not run out and the oil will not run dry. But you're going to have to do this my way, not your way. And we're going to have to do this God's way, not our way. And some of you, I'll be honest with you, you're sitting there going, I can't even believe you would ask for an offering. I can't even believe you'd ask me. Do you know what's going on in our world? Do you know what? Well, let me just ask you this. What you have isn't enough anyway. You know what? I'm going to end on that. God bless you. We'll see you. No, I got it. Isn't that right? The cake wasn't enough anyway. It wasn't going to sustain her anyway. It wasn't going to be enough for her baby anyway. So instead of eating your seed, why don't you sow your seed? Instead of letting it be a harvest, why don't you let it be a seed and watch what God will do? You may not have a lot, but God doesn't need much. What you may have may not be enough. What, what you have may not feel like a lot. The, the devil may be screaming that, that what you have is insignificant. But if you'll place it in the hands of God, you're not enough. It'll become a curse breaker. It'll become a, cur- it'll become a drought breaker. You'll become drought proof. See, when she sowed this, it didn't break the drought. But she was sustained in the drought. I don't know what's going to happen to our world. I just know what's going to happen to me. I know what's going to happen to God's people. And it's going to be good. And and I want you to notice that that what she had wasn't enough until she placed it in Elijah's hands. And and, and it reminds me of of Jesus feeding the the 5,000. It was really 20,000 because it was 5,000 men plus women and children. And here's, here's the amazing thing about it in John chapter 6. Jesus goes, man, there's a lot of hungry people out here, huh? Let's feed them. I want you to, I want you to feel Peter's faith. He, he steps up and he goes, well, we got, we got five loaves, two fish. You could almost feel like the, well, it ain't much, but I mean, we got something. And then you could almost just, just look at it, look at the emotion. You could almost just look at Thomas like, what? And what's that going to do? What's a Lunchable going to do? What's a Raising Cane Caniac combo going to do with 20,000 people? What, what, dog? I was thinking about canes because we passed by it this morning. I just thought, Lord, whoever that man is who started canes, bless him and tell him to give me a gift card. Amen. And so, so, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting hungry. And so, uh, <laughs> so you could almost, you could, well, yeah, but, but, but I mean, what good is that with this huge crowd? And some of you are sitting there going, 
You know, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to give $1,000, but, but what good is that? You know, I feel like God told me to give $100, but what good is that? Man, I feel like God told me to meet this whole budget and give $150,000, but what good is that? Because the enemy will always try to convince us that our seed is not powerful. And, and that five loaves and two fish, it, it was no good in Peter's hands. It wasn't enough in Thomas's hands. It was not enough even in John Beloved's hands. But that not enough in the hands of Jesus becomes more than enough. And you're not enough today when you place it in the right hands can become more than enough if you'll do it God's way and you'll put God first. Number three, I gotta, I gotta wrap it up. Can I have some keys come? If you're new to church, when the keyboard player comes out, that's like the sign. It's like the Grammy music. And they're like, get off the stage. Okay, so we're, we're almost there. Number three, number three, expect blessing. You know, people get offended with when you talk like this. A lot of people will leave my church when they hear me talk like this because they say, oh, he's, he's preaching the prosperity gospel. No, I'm, I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says she obeyed and the flower never ran out. The Bible says she obeyed and the oil never ran dry. I'm not, I'm not talking about a certain brand of vehicle or a, a, a certain type of clothing. I'm talking about provision. I'm talking about the blessing of God. I'm talking about God will take care of his people. Let me, I'm just going to read some scripture and I'm going to get out of here. Deuteronomy 15.10. You shall give to him freely and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him. Because for this, the Lord your God will bless you. I want you to catch this. This is for 2022, for anyone who has the faith for it. In all your work and in all you undertake. If you're starting a business, in all you undertake. You're believing God to stretch out into something new, in all you undertake. God said, I'll bless all your work and I'll bless all you undertake because of your generosity. How about Proverbs 22, 9? He who is generous will be blessed or the bountiful eye shall be blessed. In other words, you're looking for ways to be a blessing. God said, you're going to be blessed. How about Proverbs eleven twenty four? The world of the generous, it's getting larger and larger. The world of the stingy, it's getting smaller and smaller. I, I know people with big houses with a small world. I know people who drive big cars that have a small mentality. Oh, oh, they've got big bank accounts, but they've got a small spirit. And they're living in total fear. And I know other people who have learned to live with an open hand. And that, that word larger and larger, one of the best ways to describe it from the Hebrew language is it's getting wider and wider. It, your influence grows. Your impact grows. Like, I don't know if you know this, but you know, you're in Colombia right now. Do you know that? If you're a tither, you're in Colombia right now. Pastor Joel's preaching in your building right now. You're like, I've never been to Colombia. I don't know how to speak Spanish. I don't even eat in Colombian food. Cool. You're going to get to heaven one day, and all these Colombians are going to walk up to you speaking Spanish, thanking you for your giving. And you're going to go, No habla espanol.
Okay, I don't know how all the language is going to work in heaven. Here's all I know. I'm kidding. And you're going to go, I never met you. I never. Well, no, no, you were a tither at Word of Life. Oh, no, you gave in the offerings at Word of Life. Oh, you didn't know it, but, but your world was getting larger and larger. There's people from Vegas who are going to walk up to you one day in heaven and thank you. Because I've never been to Vegas. I never. Oh, no, no, you, you sowed in a city light. And I got saved in that building. How about 2 Corinthians 9? I'll finish with this. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. There's no pressure today. No one's going to check your giving today. There aren't going to be ushers who walk down the aisle. You give it? No. There's no pressure. Now, now God could have ended there, but God is so good. I say God is so good. So he doesn't end just with, hey, you need to give and you need to give with the right attitude. No, nope. he's so good that he goes, and God will generously provide all you need. Now, I'm telling you, this is my word for 22. Take it if you want it. If you don't want it, find another one. You'll have everything you need and plenty left over. Somebody say, I receive it. Come on, come on. All you need and plenty left over. I said everything you need and plenty left over. Well, is that give to get? Well, is that the prosperity? It's everything you need and plenty left over. It's provision. It's God's goodness. It's God's abundance. It's God's care. It's God's, it's your cup running over everything I need and plenty left over. That's what I'm believing God for, for my church, for my family, for my ministry, for you, for your finances, for your children, everything you need. How how am I going to pay for my daughter's wedding? Everything you need, plenty left over. Man, how am I going to send that kid to school? Everything you need, plenty left over. Man, how are we going to do this new endeavor? Everything you need, plenty left over. Man, I feel like God's put faith in my spirit for something. I don't know how we're going to do it. Everything you need and plenty left over. This will be your financial testimony. This will be your financial story. I'm talking to parents. You're going to look at your children one day and say, let me teach you what I learned from the word of God when some crazy Mexican came to our church and screamed at me from 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, but it changed my life. And God has taught us that we can have everything we need and plenty left over to share with others. That's God's plan for your finances. I didn't say a certain brand to watch. I didn't say a certain zip code. I'm, but, but, but what I am promising is what God promises. And that is supernatural provision for the giver. Why don't you believe for that going into this next year? Woo, we're going to hear a lot of bad news. There's always going to be something stirred up. And in all of it, you can go back to the word of God and say, thank you, Lord. I've got everything I need. Whoa, those gas prices are high. I thank you, Lord. I got everything I need. Everything I need. And I'm not going to complain about the gas. I'm not going to let that small spirit get on me. I'm done posting about it on Facebook. I'm going to have everything I need and plenty left over. I'm going to help a lot of people. I'm going to help more people in 2022 than I've ever helped before. I'm going to give more to missions. I'm going to give more to my church. I'm going to put more in retirement. I'm going to give more to the next generation than I ever have before. Why? Because God's going to provide everything I need and plenty left over.
Okay. I'm sorry if we just met and I'm talking about your money. Okay, so relax. I'm sorry. I'll come back. Next time I come back next year, I won't, I won't step on your toes. But here's what I want to leave you with. Very, very humbly, I want to say this as, as this is not something that I'm preaching and I'm, and I'm trying to live in my life. This is something that I have practiced for over 20 years. And I have seen God take us from nothing. And I have seen his hand of provision. And I have seen my life be able to make a kingdom impact in the world. And it's not because I come from money. And it's not because I'm the most spiritual. And it's not because I'm the most godly. It's not. I'm telling you, God will take a giver's life to heights they could never dream, never hope for, never imagine. And he'll use your life and he'll give you significance and kingdom purpose. And I want you to believe God for it today. Father, we open our hearts right now. We thank you that we get to be a part of this offering. We thank you that we get to be a part of this kingdom story. And Lord, together we're going to we're going to all do whatever you've called us to do. And we thank you in advance for the thousands and thousands of souls that will be won to the kingdom of God in that new facility. The thousands of weddings, the, the thousands of celebrations of life that will happen there where, where people will hear the gospel of Jesus and be changed forever. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be a part of it. That we don't just have to watch it from the sidelines, but we actually get to be a part of what you're doing in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you.